another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. You just heard Pretending by Better Love. It's a big week here at the Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion headquarters. We're getting prepped for Death Protector Fest. This weekend, I'm heading to Gainesville to reunite with so many friends of the podcast and celebrate all the efforts made by my favorites, Dikembe. I'm really proud of Randy, Steven, David, and Andy for their impact on the scene as not just musicians, but people who are working really hard to use their privilege to make more spaces for diverse voices. Their roster for the festival speaks for itself, with Slingshot Dakota as headliners, with Expert Timing, Pool Kids, Woolbright, and Nightwitch being some of the most hyped bands on that lineup. And who could forget supporters like Super Haunted and Teenagers, along with reunions like Little League and Pez. I couldn't be more excited to celebrate this really inclusive space and the people in it. I'm a sponsor of Death Protector Fest, so I'll be there early to hang out and I'll have tons of merch up for sale, including some koozies, pins, and patches. I don't have a web store up of any sorts, so this is your shot at getting some cool stuff. I might have a couple of little freebies for anybody who swings by, too. So, come on through. Anything that you buy is going to help me start a website. So, also writing on that excitement this week is our guest, Sophie Padilla. Uh, Sophie is an ace artist manager who works with some rising stars in pop punk, including Heart Attack Man, Better Love, and so many more. She works to give bands the exposure they want on their terms, and the impact has been huge. We talk about how to work with artists, the intentions behind the scenes, and so much more. So with that, let's hear Blood Blister by Heart Attack Man, and then turn it over to Sophie. I staged your death and then covered all my steps when I was dreaming No evidence left of fingerprints and no one heard you screaming Wake up and try Shake out the feeling that's stuck inside Sometimes it seems the world that it is for me is so defeating God damn it what did I do? What did I deserve this? 
kick myself when I'm overwhelmed and when I feel surrounded I take a breath cause there's nothing left that I can do about it I just need to relax a little 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 Well, welcome, Sophie, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. I think it's hilarious because we literally just said this, but um, I'm having a super chill weekend. Um, it's 420, so... Hell yeah. Blaze it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm participating <laughs> in that. So, like, I'm just having a really sick Saturday, yeah. I love that. I love hearing that. And that's the best way to spend the day. That's for sure. And we get to chat. So that's fun. Yeah. I've been like really excited about this ever since we talked about it. So. Hell yeah. So you're on the West coast in California, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, um, sick. Yeah. Where are you at? I'm in St. Pete, Florida. So I'm like, Oh wow. 20 minutes outside of Tampa. Oh wow. Yeah. It's- How's Florida? I just hear all the crazy shit that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> We're, we're pretty much in summer now, um, but it's chill. I, I love living here, and it's 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 cool. And it's kind of funny because, from my understanding, L.A. is just a drier version of what we live in Florida because really? it's hot there too, right? It's hot. Well, right now it's like 60 degrees. Like oh, in the winter. Cozy. Yeah, in the winter it gets – I don't want to say cold because people will just make fun of me, but it gets like <laughs> <laughs> like 40 degrees, which is pretty chilly. Yeah, it sounds um, comfy. So, like, in the winter, it's pretty chilly, but in the summer, it can get so hot. Like, last summer, it was, like, 120 degrees. Ooh, we just dying. And my apartment had no AC at that point, so I was just completely melted. Damn, that'll do it to you, that's for sure. Well, it's funny, because I think next year, I will be visiting LA, so I'll have to hit really? you up. Really? Oh, definitely. What are you coming for? Uh, another Star Wars convention. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, Did you just travel Anaheim. all over? Do you travel all over for those? Uh, well, this will be my second time traveling. Okay. Over, but yeah, because like they did it in Chicago this year. Next year they announced Anaheim. So I'm like sick. I guess I'm going to California. Oh, dude. Hell yeah. You have to hit up Disneyland, obviously. Definitely. But hit up Disneyland. I know there's good music and good venues in LA. Oh, yeah. Lots there's friends. There's like no end to things to do here. So. Hell yeah. Well, I'm excited. And it sounds like it's a really great spot for you to be probably for your career, huh? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, there's just, I mean, everyone's here. So it's like, instead of forming relationships online, which it, which is dope, because I have some of those as well, but it's just so much better to actually meet people in person. And like, you get to see them all around. So you actually become friends. And it's just definitely a good location for anyone trying to do anything in music, I think. Absolutely, because it's like you're in a great location for working on music. If you want to go to shows, there's so many great venues over there. If you wanted to, like, you know, possibly talk to different artists and stuff, you can either meet them for coffee or for music or whatever. Oh, yeah, and everyone tours through here, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's obviously super expensive, but I make it work. Absolutely. It's, It's doable, so yeah, I love L.A. That's so awesome. Well, to kind of backtrack a little bit, how did you kind of first get involved in music? Were there any bands you remember just like getting really excited about when you were younger or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, my older sister, honestly, um, 
is a big reason why I'm into the music I'm into right now is, you know, she showed me Fall Out Boy and The Starting Line and All American Rejects and all that kind of stuff. And I absolutely loved it. I would always steal her iPod um, to just listen to that over and over again. And the funny part is, is that she totally just dropped out of this kind of music. She is like a doctorate student for viola. So she's completely classical now. And now I'm still in like this pop rock, pop punk world. Um, So yeah, I got started in music because of my sister. Um, My parents are actually not musically inclined whatsoever. But um, yeah, basically just my sis. That's really nice because you're kind of uh, either swap or steal music depending on where you're at and stuff. So I think she hated that I got into it, honestly. Really? I feel like she thought it was her thing. And then I was like, this is so sick. And then she was like, well, now I got to find another hobby. Better get into viola. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, I've been into it since I was like super. I remember like just watching Green Day music videos Mm -hmm. before school, like every day in like the third grade. Um, I was completely obsessed with Boulevard Boys and Dreams, so. Hell yeah. Oh, that was a jam for everybody at some point. That's for <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I love it. Do you remember, like, your first show that you went to? Um, my first concert was actually John Mayer in 2006. Hell yeah. So, I don't, that doesn't count as a show, because it was in an arena, so that doesn't count. But my first, like, show show was the Downtown Fiction. I don't know if you remember that band. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I Holy love, shit, holy pop punk. <laughs> I, love I loved that band, dude. Uh, yeah, so like in, honestly, I think it was like ninth grade. I went with my best friend at the time. We saw Downtown Fiction and Steven Jerzak and <laughs> I think Stereo Skyline. I think that was a lineup. Mm-hmm. Such a throwback lineup. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't really be- like look like I belonged there. Um, Where do you see that? Oh, I was just super girly. I mean, I'm still super girly, um, mm. but I was just so super girly. I wore, like, just a cute little t- – I, re- I actually remember what I wore. Like, I really? wore, like, a purple T-shirt with, like, this cute little tank top over it. Like, it was just – I was just so cute. Um, I feel that, though, because, like, I mean, I remember going to, like, pop punk shows in high school, and, like, I'm the one wearing, like, a Hollister tank top and, like, exactly. and shit <laughs> among all these, like – emo like scene kids and I'm like well whatever it's who I am I guess (laughs) yeah exactly I mean definitely I feel like in like eighth grade I felt the need to be like more edgy but then I was like this isn't I need pink like pink is the only color that matters to me um so yeah I love that that's like who you are it's what you love it's literally who everyone who walks in my room they're like yeah this is your room because there's just pink everywhere (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome though Yeah. yeah 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 so I think people got mixed signals growing up of me just because I listened to like this type of music and then I just looked totally just not what you'd expect. Um, but yeah. So you went to go see Downtown Fiction and stuff. How did you kind of start to find your way into kind of like the indie side of music, the DIY, the less so like pop punk too? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, well, I kind of grew up in this Tulsa music scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, by the way. Um, yeah. So I grew up in this Tulsa music scene. A lot of our friends were in bands. Um, a lot of them were like post-hardcore-y, hardcore, um, that type of thing. So like there's a lot of DIY ethos in those type of bands. Yeah. Um, and then I went to college and then I started booking and promoting shows. Um, 
I would say my junior year of college, actually. Was this so, still in Tulsa? This was in Norman. I went to University of Oklahoma. Okay, um, cool. So yeah, it was like Oklahoma City, Norman area. So I would book a lot of shows and just do promotion for these little baby shows. I, I uh, booked and promoted Slingshot Dakota and Rapaways a few times. And Kisses. Whoa, like, I love yeah. it. All my friends. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So like, that's how I became really good friends, like with all those bands. Um, so yeah, it was sick. So that's kind of how I got into like indie DIY, just like being a part of that community in Oklahoma City. That's so awesome. Do, yeah. What were some lessons you learned as you were starting to kind of find your way into booking shows and getting involved in DIY? Um, honestly, it's just like to give a fuck um, because it's like, it's more than you. Like maybe, you know, you care about certain things and this band cares about putting on a good show. And there's a lot to think about, like what locals to put on, mm-hmm. what kind of marketing, like graphic, like, what the flyers should look like. There's just like a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I just, from then, from that point on, I decided to like put my all into whatever I do, just like take care of every single detail. Um, because those shows turned out so fun. And honestly, if I didn't like put as much care and work into it, nobody would have given a fuck, you know? So like, as long as you give a fuck, people are going to give a fuck, you know? Absolutely, because that's kind of like once people can see the passion and excitement that you have for a show or a project, it kind of starts to translate very quickly to everybody else. Exactly. If you show that you're working on something, but it's not clear that you're super excited on it, I feel like no one, no one's going to like that energy is not going to translate over well, you know? Absolutely. That's really important to me. And I'm glad that you share that as well. Um, So what brought you to Los Angeles at that point? Um, well, booking and promoting was fun, but I realized it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. So I decided to, um, hit up a band that came through all the time. I was like, could I just practice managing you? And they're like, sure. And it was actually the happy. All right. Which is a band I still manage. Um, yeah. So it turned out to be something that I was obviously, you know, I had the skill set. And I love doing it. So I was like, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so I decided to just try to put my foot in and get into some internships. So I moved to San Diego for my top shelf internship. Mm-hmm. And then after that one, I went to LA to intern at Hopeless. And kind of just being in California, um, you know, even from those few months that I was interning, I met so many people, learned so much. I was like, it's just like a fast track. I don't want to say fast track because you have to put an effort, but when you're here, it's, there's so many more opportunities and, you know, stuff to get your foot into. So I it was just like an obvious thing that I needed to move here. My original plan was to move to Dallas, but actually Eric Tobin at Hopeless was like, no, you need to live in LA. And it was my last week of my internship at Hopeless. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm moving to LA in a few months. So yeah. Um, LA's just kind of been the obvious place I think that's so neat and that's good that you had kind of people who you're working with as you were doing these internships kind of pushing you and kind of showing you like these are the places you should consider or like these are opportunities that exist yeah exactly it was it was really sick of him to actually do that because I I was honestly planning on moving to Dallas and I'm I mean I love Dallas but I'm obviously I'm really glad I didn't move (laughs) move there my cat just 
wants to say hi. <gasps> Yay, kitty. <gasps> oh my gosh, your cat is beautiful. Isn't she so cute? She is a cutie. Right, oh my she's, gosh. She's so distracting. Oh my gosh, I love cats so much. Oh my gosh, what's her <laughs> name again? Her name's Nora. Nora, oh my gosh, Nora is beautiful, everybody. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Dude, oh my God. Every time, because I post so much about her, every time someone meets her, she's like, they're like, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. She's gorgeous. She's, yeah. She is a celebrity, though. <laughs> she is. People think we should make her an Instagram. It's like, I don't know if I could keep up with that, but maybe. We'll see. I feel that. I've, I've been tempted many a time with how many pictures and videos I post of my pups, so. I know. And everyone reacts to pretty much only pictures of Nora. So I'm like, maybe I should just make her Instagram. <laughs> so you'll it's... be managing not only musicians, but... <laughs> Dude, we, we thought, because my best friend, um, my, it's my best friend's cat, but she moved in with mm -hmm. me. So it's just turned into like my step cat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been trying to get her into modeling, but we're not really sure how. But we're in LA. We could figure it out. I'm sure you could find a way. There's, there's that career track exists, and you could just be like podist management, also. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm writing that down. If you end up making Nora an Instagram, that's got to be like contact oh, for podist God. management. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Holy shit. I literally just wrote that down in my notes. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I got to ask too, because I mean, I guess it kind of does relate to how you would go about podcast management too, but like, how do you, um, what all is involved for you as far as artist management goes? Can you kind of walk through what your role is for yourself? Yeah. Um, honestly, it, it's different with a lot of band with pretty much every band. Um, mm -hmm. like one band I help with literally everything, like everything from mixing, like I send in my mix notes. Um, and then some, another band, like, they pretty much handle everything themselves, and that's how they like it. And I just, like, kind of guide the way. Um, I help them make decisions, basically. Um, You're almost advising at that point. Yes, exactly. Um, basically, some, like, yeah, exactly. I'm an advisor. But, I, I mean, I help with a lot of things. But, you know, mainly my main job is um, – getting them an agent, getting them shows, taking care of all the organization of all the tours, organization of all the rollouts, um, hitting up artists to design merch. Uh, honestly, literally everything. Like if think of anything a band does and then I, I'm the one who takes care of it. That's really nice for somebody to have that kind of connection and somebody who they can count on to do all of these things. Um, are you ever kind of the person they call if there's like, I don't want to use the word like emergency, but something comes up and they're like, hey, we need help with this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember, <laughs> okay, so one of my bands was going on a tour in October and they didn't have a drummer because their drummer was in college at that mm -hmm. point. So they flew in a guy um, from another state. He, he had been sending them, he had been sending them like, him practicing the songs and it seemed like it was it was going to be good but he got to the band's house to practice and it just wasn't working out so they flew him out the next day and they were going on tour like the next day so like they didn't know what to do um so that's that's like an example of things that I would like drop everything you know you drop everything and figure that out sure but unfortunately they couldn't even go on that tour in the first place so it was like 
it kind of worked out even though it didn't work out, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of thing. That's um, good that they have somebody like you to kind of help put out the fire kind of situation. Oh, yes. All the time. And then like, I, you're kind of like someone for some of my bands, like I'm, you know, like a best friend, like, I don't want to say therapist, but they tell me everything, like what's going on in their lives, like that kind of thing. So you kind of have to, you have to be like kind of a counselor in that way. And like, you have to see how they're doing, you know, like, are are they okay to do the show? Are they okay to do this interview? Like that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like I'm always like checking in on their brains too. So that's another thing that most people don't even think about when it comes to management, but you're just so close to them and you're talking to them every single day. You just kind of make sure everyone's, everyone's all good. <laughs> that's really important though. Cause then you're able to like help guide it whenever you might have like a, maybe a pushy journalist who wants to talk to them like right now. And you're like, sorry, they're not feeling it. Let's catch up at this other time. And you're able to kind of help facilitate. Yeah. I mean, and not everyone's cool with interviews, you know, um, some people just get super nervous and they overthink their words and, you know, some people just don't want to do interviews. So you just kind of, you just kind of like, you already, you kind of just learn all these artists and it's just like ingrained in your brain, how these artists are. So like, you already know what they would want and what they wouldn't want. So, um, yeah, a lot of decisions are made not a lot, but some decisions are definitely made without even asking them. <laughs> sure. Well, it's, yeah. good that, it's good that they have somebody like you who are, who's like able to just kind of help facilitate that and such. Um, I know that you yeah. mentioned that there were some bands like the Happy All Right that you kind of knew already. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you go about meeting the different bands that you want to work with? Because you have a couple that you work with right now too, like Better Love and um, Rome Hero Foxes and such. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Happy All Right, I met in Oklahoma City just just knowing them, I guess. Rome Hero Foxes, um, CJ the vocalist, we had been mutuals online for a minute and I was touring with a Happy All Right and I knew CJ lived in Houston. So I just hit him up and I was like, yo, I'd love to meet you, come out to the show. And he was like, cool. And then um, he was like, I have a new record out with, or coming out with my band. I love to send you the mixes. And it was 18 summers mm-hmm. and it was dope. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to work this. So we just, we hit it off great. Like me and CJ are best friends. Like it's honestly a beautiful story. Um, I'm emotional. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, with them, it was just kind of, honestly, almost random, but it worked out so beautifully. Um, with Better Love, we kind of just had connections and Brad had just hit me up on Twitter and I loved their EP. Uh, so I was like, yeah, let's see if we can do something cool. And then Heart Attack Man, I've seen them so many times like that. They're, they've been one of my favorite bands for a few years. Um, and I was actually just hit up by one of the guys that runs their label and was like, would you want to manage them? <laughs> That's like, so awesome. Yeah. I was like, yeah, actually I would love to do that. Um, they're really having a moment right now too, with like their record just dropping and everything. So they, this is exciting. It's so exciting, dude. The, um, like I expected it to do well, but it's honestly doing really really well um oh, yeah like for a pump like whenever I first listened to it I was in New York and um I listened to the record and I was like this is fucking sick and this is exactly what I would need if I were a young kid in high school you know like it's such a record that no one's doing right now and it's 
I think it's fucking amazing. That's awesome that, you know, these kind of, that you're able to support this kind of music and help people grow. Um, so would you say kind of you met a lot of folks through the internet so far and have just kind of started to branch out from there? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, the internet is, yeah, it's everything. Like, that's exactly how I meet. And like, unturned, they just sent me a cold email and they're like, yo, this is our band, this is our music. Would you want to help? And I was like, yeah. So, yeah. I haven't even met Unturned, which is a band I just picked up. Um, I haven't even met them in real life. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. That's how I've met, like, probably at least half the guests I've had on the podcast. I was, like, just somebody – I've actually been very lucky because people, like um, – I think it was Jeremy Birkin that tagged me in your tweet looking to be able to talk to Oh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. So yeah. Jeremy. I know, well, and it's just, like, people have been doing that for me and vice versa and stuff. So it's, like, I meet half the people I record with now just because somebody's tagging me in something or – you know, somebody will send me a cold email or vice versa. And I'm like, this yeah. is cool. Like, thank God for the internet in that sense. Dude, yeah. Um, I actually just met Jeremy at South By. And oh, yeah. Yeah, that he, he's so fucking sweet. I love him. Jeremy's a really huge supporter of the pod, though. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. One of the things that I really like, though, is that you're able to kind of make these connections and create these opportunities. I'm kind of wondering, maybe what are some of the rewards and maybe also the challenges that you face doing artist management? Ooh, I mean, the rewards is just like, you know, artists really just want to put out their fucking music. And the reward of them, it, it finally being out and like, people loving it. Like, that's just like a, a feeling that you can't even really describe. Um, there, there, the challenge is like, you know, sometimes you butt heads, you know, sometimes you just don't agree. Um, for example, me and CJ, I, I talk about CJ a lot just because he, he won't care, but um, he, we have such a different taste in merch designs mm -hmm. <laughs> that we just cannot decide on good merch together. Like we just can't, like we butt heads on that. That's just something we have never agreed on. Um, sure. So like, that's just like a small example, but like, you know, you butt heads a lot with some bands, um, you know, and it makes sense. There's like five of them and one of you mm -hmm. and like, you're trying to do your best, but you have to like, you know, take that into consideration. I guess a big challenge is just like putting my pride away and just doing what they want, you know? Sure, you have to kind of take into consideration their creative voice and their creative intent. Exactly. Well. It's like, I'm sure balancing that as well as kind of your knowledge of like the business and understanding the way that things can kind of work because you can kind of step back and see not just the art itself, but the way it can be received. Exactly, exactly. So it's, there's a lot of balancing that actually. Um, but, you know, they're mostly on board with everything. Um and I'm a big idea girl. Mm -hmm. So like I bring up a lot of ideas and like sometimes they're just plain out like that's fucking stupid. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, it's just like hard to like kind of explain why I have these ideas and like why it could work mm -hmm. um, since they are, they're not totally like entrenched in this whole world like I am. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big, um, that's a big challenge. Sure. And I guess You're another challenge like a translator at that point too. Yeah, exactly. And another challenge I say would be like just getting their music heard. Like just like I'm working for this band and it's so good and I promise it'll be so good. And it's just it's just hard to get people on board with some shit. And it's frustrating and like super 
demotivating and that's definitely a challenge it's just like keeping yourself motivated to keep going even though it doesn't seem like things are working out right now mm-hmm. um but yeah that, that got actually pretty deep wow um <laughs> Honestly, I think a lot of people forget how personal it can be to, like, work in the music industry to any capacity. It's, yeah, it's absolutely personal, you know? Like, you become so close with these people, with everyone you work with, like, agents and the label, um, that it's just, like, so, it's definitely personal. Like, they're your friends. Like, these are my friends who pay me, but yeah like everything we we put in we put everything we could into these this album that's going to be out it's going to drop and people are going to forget about it in like a month Mm -hmm. um so yeah i guess yeah trying to not take everything so personally is a challenge definitely oh i'm sure because you know you're choosing the bands that you work with at that point so you probably form a personal attachment at that point to the art itself oh yeah exactly and, like, some songs I know exactly what they're about. Like, the new Happy Already P, it's, I know exactly what it's about. It's, mm-hmm. like, Sterling's brain. And it makes me so emotional because, like, it's everything he wants to say. And it's just, like, holy shit, this is so beautiful. And if people don't love it, I'm going to set something on fire. Um, <laughs> it's, like, that kind of thing, you know? Um, especially with like new music because like some bands I just come in like with a new album I don't know their back catalog history or anything Um, like with Rome Hero Foxes like they just recorded a new single and it's so good and the first time I got that demo I just fucking cried because I knew what it was about Um, so it's like that kind of thing you know music management is it can be businessy at times, but honestly, I would say it's like 70% just fucking doing right by your friends and then 30% let's make this a business, you know? Sure. Well, that's really a really important attitude to have, especially when you're handling an art like that. Mm-hmm. Because like, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Like we're in pop punk, we're in indie rock, you know, we're in the pop rock world. So we're not trying to be Beyonce, but it's like, you have to take yourself seriously to a certain degree, but you know, the rest is just fucking winging it, I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Well, I know that once you kind of establish your artist, that's kind of a lot of the feelings that come with it, but I'm kind of wondering, what are you typically looking for when in artists or in bands that you want to work with? I'm really interested in bands that are super, super creative, um, who are willing to go outside the box. Um, but I also listen to a lot of music and I know what I like. I know what makes my body move. Um, it's like a super just instinctual type of thing. Sure. Um, if I hear it and it's a banger, I love it. You know, it's just like, I don't even know how to explain what I'm listening for, but I am listening for something. Definitely. Um, yeah, I have to, work well with them as well like they have to be cool (laughs) they have to be chillers um but the music definitely obviously has to be there too um which is tough to find but honestly all five bands i work with right now they're all just so talented and there's so much potential i also look for potential definitely like if the music isn't completely there 
right now, but I can hear that it will be. Um, I definitely like take that into consideration as well. Um, but yeah, it's just like, there's something that I look for that I don't even know how to explain. Sure. I can, I can totally understand that. Sometimes it's just whatever you connect with. And I do the same thing with like the yeah. podcast that I have on the podcast. It's like, what is really resonating? Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's, you have a checkbox that you can literally write out, but then there's a separate checkbox that you don't even know where to start mm-hmm. with beginning to fill out. Um, yeah, it's just, if I feel it, I'm feeling it, you know? Totally. I get that. Um, what advice would you have for like a band who wants to get in touch with somebody in artist management who wants to kind of make that connection? Um, honestly, just send them an email. Um, send them an email, send your music. If you have any demos, um, if you have new music, tell them a brief little story of your, yourself, like at most a paragraph, um, links to your shit. Honestly, just keep it brief, but like put everything in there, (laughs) you know, Um, because honestly, I read pretty much every email I get sent, but I don't reply to every single email I get sent. I feel bad about that. Sorry, guys. Um, I do the same thing, though. It's impossible to keep track of everything. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, honestly, just just reach out. Just do it. Um, there's the worst they could do is say nah. And the worst they could do is not reply, you know? Absolutely. So you've kind of had a really cool career trajectory having experience with like booking shows and getting involved in artist management and stuff, having the internships to kind of get you started and then going from there. I'm kind of wondering what advice would you have for somebody who wanted to get involved in artist management? I mean, you just have to do it. You have to yeah. hit up hit up a band, hit up a local band. Be like, can I manage you? Um, and you just kind of have to do it. That's what I did. I just asked the happier writers, like, can I manage you? And they're like, yeah. And then we just went for it. You know, you just, there's no rule book. And that's the hard part about management. It's like, there's a general understanding of what it is, but there's there's no welcome package there's no like (laughs) there's no rules just do it you know definitely because i've talked to several folks who have been involved to some capacity in artist management everybody has kind of like a different answer a different trajectory for how they've gotten involved and such so Mm -hmm. it's definitely a weird career i was thinking about this the other day it's like you know there's no beginning point of artist management it's just like you somehow end up there honestly Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, not like any other job where like you apply to be an artist manager. You just somehow just happens. It happens. (laughs) Like you don't like apply and become an artist manager. It's just like something that you've been working on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you almost just have to find like the band that's going to trust you to do all this. Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, if you're just starting out, Pick, don't be picky. Just pick, pick a band. Pick a local band that's obviously sounds good live and like sounds and their music's good. Um, but don't be picky about it. Definitely, you don't want to pick the one that maybe is already like 
I feel like sometimes you don't want to end up picking the man that's already like on the brink of being established. You kind of want to cultivate, it seems like, at that point. Pick somebody yeah. that you know has that potential, like what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Developing is honestly, I would say more impressive on a resume. Sure. Um, is like, oh, I developed this band from 600 monthly listeners to 30,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, so yeah, I've pretty much only developed bands besides Heart Attack Band. So you're developing these bands and you see where it goes and their trajectory, it's really cool because you get to grow with them. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're growing, like by me helping you, you're helping me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a, it's a, it's, it's an awesome thing, honestly. Definitely. Do you have any goals that you set with the band when you kind of start out? I would imagine with a band like Heart Attack Man, you kind of have to determine like, okay, these are the things that we want to do. With a band like Heart Attack Man, well, I was just kind of, I don't want to say thrown in there, but I was definitely gently tossed in there. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, you just kind of like, okay, we're rolling out this album and we're touring and this is, everything's happening. Just make sure everything goes well. And it's like, okay, let's do it. Um, and like with a band like The Happy Hour Ride, it's like, uh, again, there are no rules. Like we can do whatever we want with this album. Um, we set certain goals like this year, let's let's go on a full US tour. Like that kind of, like that kind of goal. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, and like another goal, like let's do two singles and a six song EP this year. Like that kind of thing. Um, but nothing's ever set in stone. Like nothing like let's hit a hundred thousand monthly listeners this, this year. It's not nothing like that. Um, it's just like we set goals that we can definitely do. Um, what we think is going to be best for the band. And we don't really, we don't, I don't really want to think about the, the, um, what's going to happen from it just because it makes me really anxious. It's like, what what if it bombs? Like, what if it's just bad? Um, and no one likes it. So I don't like to think about that. We just, I just like try to think in the moment, like let's, what's the best thing we could do right now? That kind of thing. Um, so we don't really have a lot of hard goals, but we know exactly what we want to do. So mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That makes sense. Cause you know, the goalposts shift according to maybe what's happening in yeah. at that point, I'm sure. Oh yeah, dude. It changes all the time. <laughs> have you seen the new uh, thing on Spotify where it's like these canvases? canvases what do you mean by that here let me show you heart attack man has one i don't know if i can play this but it's like this uh-huh it just like it's a looping video on spotify oh shit okay yeah so like that's a new thing uh-huh. and like you can add them to every single track um, oh my gosh yeah so it's like now I there's have a to get creative with that. Yeah, now there's a visual element to these, mm-hmm. and, and now it's it's no longer just dropping music. It's like we we could do so much with that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, music is always changing, and it's so frustrating because why why can Spotify implement that but not pay pay out more? <laughs> right, Jesus, pay the artists. Like it makes zero sense to me. Um, well, they were yeah, asking so much more of the artists at that point. They're like, oh, yeah, now fulfill this new creative feature. And it's like, well, the artist has to pay for that piece of their art to be made at that point. Yeah. And it's like, this is going to get controversial, but it's like um, they want us to promote their platform 
they want us to post our, their links, like they want to do this, but then they're getting paid less, way less than a cent a stream, which is insane to me. But Tidal, Tidal's doing good. Tidal is honestly, they pay out the most. So, but unfortunately their market share is so tiny <laughs> compared <Yeah>. to Spotify. <laughs> That's the one part of the industry that's just like completely fucked is like the whole streaming area, honestly. It's like no one knows what to do. Like, because it's, it's, I would say it's still a new thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they had it down with physical sales, but now it's like, it's on the internet and it's free. It's like, how do we even corral this? It's like the, like the wild west. Like no one knows really what to do. And apparently Amazon's pulling some weird shit. So something crazy is about to happen in a year with Amazon music. So I believe it. It's just, there's just so much shit going on all the time. It's like, everyone just chill out, chill out, (laughs) pay a reasonable amount. Come on. Like it's ridiculous. It really is. Well, shit. It's good. At least they have people like you in the corner. The bands do to just kind of help push to some extent. And yeah. maybe that'll help eventually. It's just, ugh, it's, it, it's fucking chaos, that's for sure. <laughs> it's chaotic. And it's like, I really want to look into that more. Um, my friend Henderson is an entertainment lawyer. And I... Oh, yeah. Henderson's a bud, too. Yeah. Henderson, he's so fucking sick. Um, <laughs> I, like, he, I, I kind of want to get into entertainment law now because of not because of him but he definitely like introduced me to like even the possibility and I was like yeah that'd be cool um I think fighting for artists would be so sick and um because people definitely downplay downplay like music as an art Mm -hmm. and it's like entertainment is what keeps humans going you know like people are looking for their next Steelers game like people can't wait for the next Beyonce show. So it's like, it's such an important thing and you have to pay these guys a livable wage so they can keep doing it. So. Well, it's good that you're at least trying to help with that. That's for sure. Man. Being, a manage- being in management has got to help them out so much for just knowing what they deserve. Oh, that's actually very true. You know, I didn't even think about that, but you're so right. Like a good manager to an artist um, is someone who, is super transparent and it's like do not sign that deal um even though it it sounds good you know that kind of thing um yeah so some bands don't like managers which is dope but at least get like a legal advisor or something like that something that'll help protect them yeah well if you could collaborate with anybody in the industry who would you like to work with? Like it could be somebody's like an established musician or maybe who you've seen starting to climb the ranks that you want to work with, or it could even be other roles in the industry, like other managers or other people involved in stuff. Oh man. Ooh, I would love to do anything with Paramore. Yeah. That'd be sick. Paramore is, um, my favorite band will forever be my favorite bands. They're everything to me. I go on their cruise every, every year. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I've been to Florida three times and it's only beca- because of Paramore. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I would definitely, you know, managing at least a band like Paramore mm-hmm. would be so, so dope. Um, I just think they're super 
iconic, legendary, amazing, creative. Honestly, I could keep going with adjectives, but <laughs> they're such an important band. They really are. They've shaped so many people who are involved in music today. It's just like, yeah, exactly. And it's just an example of what you can do when you're constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I think they're dope and they deserve everything. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I've honestly been wanting to collab with Jamie Coletta forever. Jamie, uh, I know you're listening. <laughs> Jamie. Jamie, God damn it. Because um, she's, she's an idea girl. Yes. I'm an idea girl. And I, I just can't imagine what would happen if we could do a campaign together. I think it'd be so, so crazy and fun. She's so uh, talented and she puts so much work into making sure that artists get the recognition and opportunity they deserve. So. Oh my God. That. Exactly. And I love working with those type of people mm-hmm. um, who obviously give a shit. We talked about this. Um, who just clearly and wholeheartedly give a shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would love to work with Jamie. We, we get lunch every once in a while, like dinner. Yeah. Every time, every time it's just like talking to like a big sister. Like I love her so much. She's the best. She sent out like this press release, not press release, but like a, like a, a newsletter in the email and she shouted out heart attack man. Yeah. I saw that. In the paragraph, she shouted me out and I read that and I just, I just cried. I cried. I was like, that is the sweetest thing anyone has ever done. She's a sweetheart, and she really just, like, puts her all in care into people, like, all areas of music, so, mm-hmm. well, damn, I'll be keeping an eye out for that collab. It's, I'm sure it's inevitable. Dude, I hope, I hope that happens. Uh, hopefully she hears this and realizes how serious I am. Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know she occasionally listens to the podcast, so that's why I'm like, all right, we gotta, I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully she listens to mine. Oh, my God. I'll, I'm gonna send her the link if you're like, you have to listen to this. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, what are some things you're working on this year that you're really excited about that you can talk about, of course? I know sometimes there's like, yeah, that are, have like NDAs and such. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I work at Top Shelf Records as well. Um, I, I could talk about that a little bit. I mean, we're working on so many awesome records this year. Um, Seems like it. Yeah. Like, the rest of the year is just packed with amazing music. And that's what I love about Top Shelf. It's just straight up all about the music, um, which is how it should be. But um, yeah, I'm just stoked for every single one of those releases. And then with me, <clears throat> I have two EPs, at least two EPs, a single, like, there's just a lot of little, not little stuff, but like I have an EP from The Happy All Right, and then music from Better Love, which, holy shit, both of those bands. They're so good. No one is ready. Like, new Better Love is radio pop rock. It Ooh. rocks. I-, I could, se- I'll send you a link. It's so good. Um, and then the Happy Are Right, they're just, like, vampire weekending it up. Like, it's not pop punk. It's not anything like their first release. Um, it's definitely, like... Weezery, um, which I guess is kind of pop punk, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just so stoked on those records. Um, and then just a lot, of, we have a lot of touring, which is something that I'm super new to. It's like my bands never really have toured that much on real tours. Um, 
so Heart Attack Man, you know, just a lot of touring, which is sick because I, I get to learn a lot. Um, like the other, last night, someone, the tour manager for the Seaway tour asked me a question and I had absolutely no idea what he meant. And I was like, <laughs> I was like I don't know what that means. So I, I learned what he was talking about. Um, uh, so that's sick. And then we have... Romeo Fox is getting on some actual tours this year, which is so dope. It's been a long time coming for that band. Um, so yeah, just a lot of new music, a lot of touring. Um, and then, yeah. And then nothing in my world, personally. Um, I might be getting a new cat. I don't know. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> add another cat to the family. More, yeah. more potest management. Oh my God. Yes. More beautiful cats. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Well, yeah. I've loved chatting with you about all the things that you're working on. I wish you and your artists all the best. Um, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? They want to follow your adventures in artist management. OMG cute. Um, yeah. So my at is Sophie Dia, which is S O F I D I L L A. Um, a lot of people say Sophie Dilla, but it's, I'm Spanish. So it's Sophie Dia. Um, Love it. <laughs> everyone's like Sofadilla and I'm like no um yeah it's <laughs> Sofadilla pretty much everywhere I'm pretty sure yeah follow me yes please follow <laughs> Sophie because I have had a blast seeing all the different stuff you put out there and it's exciting seeing you push all these really awesome bands thank you that means so much actually <laughs> yay well it's been awesome talking to you thanks so much for being on dude thank you so much for inviting me this was so fun
evidence, but I don't care. No, I don't care. You just heard Sweet Tea, Bitter Me by The Happy All Right. Thank you so much to Sophie for sharing her experiences in management and the work of her artists. It's been awesome getting to know more of the ins and outs of artist management and the path ahead for Sophie. Be sure to give her a follow on social media and support her bands. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear and have some spare change, drop a virtual tip at the Angry Girl Music Coffee page. Any cash given there is going to go toward helping the expenses for hosting across all your favorite podcast apps, a future website, and other projects for the pod. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Don't forget, Death Protector Fest is this weekend in Gainesville, featuring a ton of podcast alum and friends. Come say hey, grab some merch, and support our incredible scene here in Florida with tons of friends. We'll be at the backyard at Boga Fiesta starting at 7 p.m. Come on through. Check the show notes for links and more info. Till next time. Stay angry and support your friends in music. Music